You're listening to sermon audio from River City Church in Fargo, North Dakota. River City Church exists to make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus through the gospel of Jesus. You can find out more about River City by visiting our website at www.rivercityfargo.org. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would work confession and renewal in us as we consider the cross of Jesus Christ this evening. As the prophet Isaiah proclaimed that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, that we would experience the healing of Christ as we consider the beautiful bitterness of the cross that purchased that healing for us. We pray you'd work in and amongst your people this evening, our gracious Father. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. Can I just stand?
Amen. You may be seated. Colossians 2, 13 to 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Our God, the only God, the creator of heaven and earth is a holy God. He is perfect in righteousness. He is the source of all power in existence. He is the Almighty, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. His attributes cannot be overstated. All things were made by him and for him. He is God, and there is none like him. The angels in his presence never cease declaring his glory of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. He makes the mountains tremble and the thunder crash. No one can see his face and live. His ways are perfect and his law is perfect. And before this God, we are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We are dead in our trespasses. The full condemnation of God's judgment falls upon us who daily fall short of his glory. Understanding the greatness of God only further highlights the depths of our need. We have no righteousness of our own to stand before him. We have no excuse to pardon our guilt. We have no hope in ourselves to cover our shame. The wages of sin is death, and we are rightly condemned before him. Our God, in his righteousness, cannot compromise his justice to overlook the stains that we bring upon his glory. Our God will not compromise his glory. We carry a record of debt, and it stands against us. Its legal demand calls for our death, the punishment foretold in the garden in the very beginning, given to Adam and now laid upon us to this very day. There's no good work we can do to save ourselves and earn his favor. In our flesh, we are slaves to sin and cannot break free from the bondage to corruption. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver us from this body of death. 
Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For though you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside nailing it to the cross. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He is the propitiation for our sins. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. By his sacrifice, we have been pardoned. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Would you please join in me in saying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
please join me with the call and response that is on the screen. Um, I'll be the leader, and you can be the people. We don't do this often, uh, but it's easy just to listen to these words and recite them without even thinking about it. So I encourage you to actually consider what you're listening to and to what you're saying. So follow along. Luke 23:34, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Luke 23, 43. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. John 19, 26 through 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Matthew 27, 46 and Mark 15, 34. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? John 19:28 After this Jesus knowing that all was now finished said to fulfill the scripture I thirst John 19:29 through 30 A jar full of sour wine stood there so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth When Jesus had received the sour wine he said It is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Luke twenty three forty six. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Pray with me. Holy God, you alone are holy and righteous. You are just and blameless and merciful. You alone know the depths of our sin and our depravity. When we were content to walk the earth in rebellion as dead men and dead women, you were good to send us your son to breathe life into our death. We were content to be orphans, but you were good to send your son to adopt us into your family. We were content to be scattered individuals, but you were good to make us a people by crushing your son instead of us. We were content to shout out, crucify him, but Christ was good to whisper, Father, forgive them. We were content to choose to set Barabbas free from his chains, but you were good to choose to release us from the chains of sin. We confess that even after our adoption, we still often live as though we are dead. We often act as though we do not have a good father, and we often forsake the family of brothers and sisters whom you have saved us into. Father, forgive us when we follow in the footsteps of our enemy and seek to place ourselves above your throne. We beg that your spirit would guide us and direct us toward humility and servant-heartedness, seeking to do your will above our own, just as Christ does. 
As we dwell on the agonies suffered by Christ on this Good Friday, let us look forward to Resurrection Sunday, when death itself reaps what it has sown. Until then, may we lament and mourn over our sin, knowing that the price demanded for reconciliation has been paid for by your Son, Jesus Christ. To you be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let us stand and continue singing praises to God. Man of sorrows, Lamb of God, by his own betrayed, the sin of man and wrath of God has been
you can be seated again. Pastor Marty helped us consider the, the majesty of God, the wonder of Christ's death on the cross and what he accomplished. And Pastor Devin led us in a, a time of prayer and confession as we considered the significance, the weight, the costliness of Jesus' death. So I'd like to take just a moment and help us consider not just what the cross has done, but its present power in our lives. This is a beautiful and powerful reality that Christ Jesus would substitute himself in our place for our sin. That he would purchase our redemption with his own blood. And that glorious reality is a pillar for us. It's a central component of what it means to be a Christian. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I'd like to look at one other text that gives us something else we can anchor to, and that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Let me read it for you. Paul writes, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Apostle Paul is telling the believers in Corinth that his mission... His coming to them is fueled, it is anchored, not to clever words or lofty speech. He's not saying that he's smarter or wiser or a better communicator. No, the one thing that Paul says, the one thing that he knows is that Jesus Christ was crucified. That's where Paul's faith rests. That's where, and that's where I think Paul hopes that our faith rests not in clever arguments, not in compelling words, but in Christ. And not only in Christ, but Christ crucified. That he died for sin to save us from hell. And yet Jesus himself in Luke 9 says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And so when Jesus said this to his disciples, the invitation to follow him, they probably had no idea exactly what he meant, at least not in full. But now, standing at the foot of the cross, as Jesus hangs there, slowly dying, maybe then it started to sink in for them. To quote Pastor John Piper, Christ died to save us from hell, but not to save us from the cross. Paul says, in our 1 Corinthians passage, that he came in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and yet Paul was bold in his witness and strong in his faith, even though he came in weakness and in trembling, which was a demonstration of the Spirit of God and of his power. 
Paul says. Paul says. So not only does the cross cancel our sin, but it's at the cross of Christ where you and I find power to daily crucify whatever sin remains as the Spirit works sanctification in us. It is a daily power. There is a present power of the cross in the life of the Christian so that we might daily die to self and live unto Him. Not by willpower, not by determination, but by faith that when Jesus died, His death for us was enough to make us right with God. So, because we are now right with God, we joyfully and gladly might die to ourselves, that we might take up our cross, using Jesus' language, as a demonstration, not of our own strength, not of our own wisdom, but as a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in all who have faith in Him. So as we consider the cross afresh, let's take heart that not only does the cross of Christ break the power that sin has in our lives, but the cross of Christ is the place where you and I can daily put to death all that remains of the old so that we might walk in our new identity by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I'd like to give you a few minutes now to just quietly reflect on the scripture that we've read, on the prayers that we've prayed. I'm going to give you a minute to do that, and then I'm going to lead us to close that time uh, in a prayer. And so I'm going to give you this time to reflect personally. Gracious God, we come before you in humility, awestruck by the great love and grace that you have lavished upon us in Christ Jesus. We give thanks to you for the redemption that we have received through his blood and for the forgiveness of our sins that you have granted us according to the riches of your grace. We confess that we have been saved not because of our own merit or worthiness, but solely because of your loving kindness to 
toward us. Lord, we pray that you would continue to reveal to us the mystery of your will and that you would grant us wisdom and insight to understand all that you are doing in your plan to to bring about your will and your glory in the fullness of time. Would you help us to trust your purposes, knowing that you have set forth a plan to unite all things in Christ, both in heaven and on earth. As your people, we pray that you would unite us in our shared identity as blood-bought and spirit-empowered people. Would you help us to walk in confidence, not in ourselves, but in your spirit, that we might display your power and your grace to one another and to the world in which you placed us. And may the cross never lose its crucifying power in our lives, that we might know that we are crucified with Christ, that we are buried with Christ, and that we are raised with Christ daily dying to ourselves and walking in the power of the Spirit as living daily testimonies to the goodness and mercy of God. We offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who lives and reigns with you, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand again. We'll sing.
Amen. Amen. You can remain standing. Let me leave you with this from 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter says this, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Friends, the significance of the cross cannot be overstated. It has purchased us for God. His blood washes us clean so that we might be clean, that we might be whole that we might be his and the beauty of good friday and its weight is all the more glorious because jesus did not stay dead he didn't stay on a cross or in a tomb friday is a weighty day but sunday's coming where christ raises victorious over sin and death So it's good to consider the cross, to let it have its weight, and then to remember all and to remember all that it has purchased for us. And then to celebrate that like he is not left dead, we are also not dead, but we are made alive. So as we go tonight, as we consider over this Saturday, which for the disciples was a day of dread, for us is a day of hope. And we're going to come back here Sunday at both 9 and 11 and just praise Jesus, glorious, risen, resurrected King. Amen? Hope you have a fantastic rest of your evening. Have a good night.